Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm currently not speaking to Sadek because he got into the Halo Infinite flight without me and he can go <laughs> fuck himself. Go fuck God. yourself. Oh I don't even want to do this podcast right now. <laughs> I kept this shit to myself until now because you get to play Halo Infinite and I'm well, out here like fault. a fucking chump playing horny JRPGs. You <laughs> go fuck that, yourself. That, okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. You bought Tales of Arise on your own. Like nobody made you buy it. You didn't have to buy it. You're not a game reviewer. You bought I it could be a want... game reviewer. How do you know? I mean, I, like I, I don't know. Like you, you bought it. You, you bought it. And like, listen, sometimes like you play a horny JRPG. It's just how it is. And sometimes you get into a super dope beta for Halo Infinite. You don't invite your friends. Um... I, like, I, yeah. Okay. Just, <laughs> just so everybody's clear. Uh, the Halo Infinite, uh, t- I guess technical preview or whatever it is called, like the insider program thing. It's, it's PC only as far as I can tell. Uh, they're doing like a, like server test and stuff like that. Uh, this week it is, they're doing arenas mode only, uh, arenas and the training mode. And, uh, next week it's going to be big team battle, I believe. Uh, that's what they're testing. Uh, well, hopefully I'll get into the one next week because I got the... Uh... I don't know if it's available for Xbox players. Oh, no, it, it is. is? It okay. is, it is. I... A couple of these are going to be. There's, I think it's different days. I'm not too sure, but they they are doing some console flights too. I should also say I'm Christian as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I, from what I played of the Hill Infinite, uh, like from what I played of the multiplayer, the arenas mode, bro, it's, it's real good. I, I'm looking forward to the game actually coming out and more people being able to play it because it, it's, it's feels very good to play. Uh, this week we had uh we had a Microsoft event. I was it was this one live streamed? Was it like Yes, it was live streamed. Um I I okay. No. I was just wondering because for some reason I thought it was like a press only thing, but no, I guess It wasn't on YouTube, I think. That's the weird thing. Like it wasn't on YouTube. It was on like What did this stream on then? I, some some proprietary Azure oh, thing, right? I'd probably God. imagine. Okay. That's, that's actually, that's kind of silly. Should have streamed, but even Apple just puts their stream on YouTube. It's just like, why would you not, right? Uh, like nobody wanted to use your weird Teams hybrid video streaming thing. So let's, let's get started. Uh, we have multiple. This is the Surface event. This is a hardware event. So we got a lot of hardware. We got a new. We're getting pumped. Let's get, let's be real. We, let's get hashtag pumped for new hardware. Um, so, so Surface hardware. So we have. Uh, Surface Pro 8, we have Surface Duo 2, we have the Surface Laptop Studio, and the Surface Go 3. So which one do we want to start on? I think we can knock out the Go just super quick. It's the same thing with a marginally better but still trash processor that you shouldn't buy. It goes from a bad Pentium to a good Pentium. Is this the one that has like a Y-series processor or whatever? No, this has a Pentium Gold. Oh, sh- oh, that's. Mm. It went from a board. It went from a bad Pentium Gold to a better Pentium so, Gold. I, is this meant to be one of those things that like retail employees use for like looking up stuff or like enterprises, like enterprise field use or whatever it's called? Like, is it's not meant to be like used for hashtag real, like real, like real productivity and stuff like that? Or is uh, this is like the education surface, right? Like, you say you have a class of I don't know, like a bunch of first graders. And you, yeah, and you want to throw them in like a really rugged case for kids to use. Like, I mean, even though children do deserve better processors, right? <laughs> I they really do, honestly. Like, the children deserve better than this this thing, honestly. They, they should, the Chromebooks are actually better than this program. 
So I think the Surface Pro 8 is probably a good place to start. I think everybody was, I think Surface Pro 8 is the biggest of the Surface products. That's safe to say, I think. Arguably, it's probably the best thing they announced too. Let's be real. Arguably the, the most, yes, that's, that's probably like the most. This is the, this is the eighth iteration of the Surface Pro. Is that like correct? Or like, I'm like, for some reason, I think like the numbers don't actually mean anything. Is it? No, this is the ninth one. So remember earlier this year, they announced the Surface Pro 7 Plus. And the reason they did that is no, it's for, it's for enterprise customers because this is a redesign so basically old peripherals won't work with this so they gave it a spec bump before doing this redesign so enterprise customers have a more modern version to buy for the next couple of years okay so that's technically the ninth one but we'll will uh, surface pro 8 this one has a this is a this is the this is a redesign like surface pro like the hardware has been sort of like like it has like fewer but like the bezel the screen is bigger so the bezels are narrower right they redesigned the what is it called the the keyboard cover uh to be made out of uh carbon fiber carbon fiber so it's sturdier which is which is actually one of my problems when i when i i don't know how many people how many listeners remember you remember that i used to have a surface pro i think it was a surface pro 3 uh, i don't remember i think it was a surface pro 3 yeah you had a surface pro 3 and which i, I bought on a complete 3 impulse like it was the one of the worst computing decisions purchase decisions i've made uh, it's it's let's not get into that but one of my problems with the with the with the keyboard cover was that it was too flimsy right like when you would type on it for like an extended period of time you could feel it sort of like like flexing and sort of like bending right like it, it wasn't sturdy enough to feel like you're typing on a solid surface right it didn't feel good to type on or um i don't know if you had this problem sometimes you flex the keyboard the right way the trackpad would click because of the lack yeah, of rigidity it, it was not great like i was not a fan of it like i bought it because it was like a cool form factor which you know what that's fine but like it wasn't usable for day to day as like actual machine for me because it felt just like it was felt too much of like a gimmick uh but now we are like way like they they have iterated multiple times on this so we have a we have this new design one of the cool things about this new design is the new pen, right? I, they have a special name for this pen. I, I they kept saying it, but I, I don't remember it. it, uh, it, it it's this like flat, like black uh, pen that you can sort of. It goes in between the Surface Slim Pen Two with built-in haptics. Okay, Surface Slim Pen Two. That's that's a handful. Uh, you it goes in between, like it goes in. There's a little like slot where it goes, like the top of the very top of the keyboard, where it like attaches to the uh screen right magnetically i'm guessing or something like that like it, it there's a little cover little little place in enclave for it to like be there which is real which i think is uh very good because for previous iterations i remember with the surface pro 3 like the 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 pen could only be like attached to externally to device, which meant that it would just like fall off and you could just lose it. No, they made it magnetic too. A couple of them were magnetic to the side, but still having a dedicated. Oh, yeah, they were magnetic, still, but yeah. like it was still external to like it was it was attached to the external part of the device, which meant that it was easier to lose, right? Like you could just like fall off and like you would lose it and like that would be horrible like it's just like they they kept emphasizing that the pen was easily accessible and sort of like the demo that they were the showcase so what are the, like what are we looking at specs wise like what are the specs what are the new processors we're talking about this is a lot of intel processors right no amd as far as i as far as i see no amd 11th gen for a uh, quad core intel processors. 11th gen, gen uh, core i5 and core i7 the one thing the most i think one of the big important things about the screen right like the display here is a 120 hertz display uh but it runs at 60 hertz by 
default, which I, is, which uh, Microsoft said was for battery life, which makes sense. So how does how does Windows does Windows do dynamic refresh rate? Yes, yes. This is the new Windows 11 feature, right? So oh, think of it like the iPad right, Pro. Right. Okay. The exact okay. same way as the iPad Pro works is how this works, where if you're touching it, you're scrolling, it'll ramp up. If you're not and it's a static image, it'll ramp down. Okay. So does that mean it goes lower than 60 hertz or does it stay at 60 hertz all the time? They did not announce that. Um, That's my big question about that because like the big thing with the, like the iPhone 13, like, like, Pro, like the 13 Pro display is that it's like, it can go up to like 10 hertz and a upwards of 120 hertz, right? Like you can go very low and very high. Like, I don't know if that's like, if there's a, if it, the 60 is the lower bound. Well, this, this has Dolby Vision, right? Which we'll, uh, we'll talk more about in a moment, but because it has that, it has to at least go to 48 piece. If you're watching 24 FPS, you know, video on Netflix, you at least need 48. So it's not jittery. But that's what, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Like that's what I'm wondering what the lower bound is. And on Windows, this is easier to test that on iOS because with Windows, you can use, there are tools to like you know it's windows so you can run whatever tools you want to detect what the frame rate or the, or the refresh rate of the screen is so that should be like as soon as these devices come out i'm sure there's going to be people with youtube videos and stuff like that talking about this so the base model uh comes with uh eight gigs of ram which which is still like i i'm not like I, i'm 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 not happy about it. Eight, eight gigs is getting to be at the point where I think they really need to start like bumping it up. One twenty-eight gigs of storage. Uh, it is replaceable though. Like like other services, there's a door on the back where you can just uh, you can unscrew the SSD and pop in another M.2 one. It's is oh, it's an M2 drive. Okay, you don't have to open it up. Yeah, there's like a little hatch under the kickstand now. Like it was a prior services, so you can just unscrew the M.2 drive and put a different one in. So while 128 is whack, at least like if you bought it with 128, you're not screwed, right? You can at least upgrade it later on. That's bro, that's I think a good yeah. Like one of those things. Like if you bought it, so the base price, starting price is uh, one thousand uh, US dollars, one thousand ninety nine. So, so but that is not does not include. As always, this is a thing I have to say every time we talk about the Surface devices is it does not include the price of the keyboard. It does not include a keyboard or a Surface Pen. So if you are going to be buying a Surface Pro device, with like you you're going to be buying a keyboard like i i don't imagine you're not going to be buying a keyboard right like it's it's like i don't imagine the vast majority of surface pro sales are going to be excluding a keyboard. well if you had older keyboards right and you didn't want to that's probably true but you probably i think the new keyboard is probably worth the upgrade like if you're buying a new surface pro device i think you probably should probably want the new keyboard so just to keep that in mind right like in the pen obviously is more optional than the key than the keyboard uh you know some people don't really care about the pen uh but yeah uh so you can be specced up all the way you know core i7 one terabyte of storage uh and the 32 gigs of ram so like what is like is there anything like other than that that's special about the specs like i don't hold 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 so it has Thunderbolt 4 on it, bro. How oh, are you going to pass over the, it? Oh, why do I keep whoa, forgetting whoa, about whoa, this? Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, 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 let's listen here. I get it, all right? You're upset that I called you out for Halo Infinite. But you do not have to deny my love of fast <laughs> well, interconnection. Fast IO? Okay. This has um, two Thunderbolt USB Type-C Gen 3.2 by 4 oh by 4 super speed. Well, it has Thunderbolt 4 on it, which basically means... 
eGPUs, you can use them. Um, docks, you can use them. Um, I don't know, just fast cables, you can now use it. And this has always been, always been my complaint about the surfaces. W- Surface Connect, I get it. The, the 10 people who write for Windows Central love it. But for people out in the real world, for better or worse, USB-C may be a problem. It may be problematic, but if you want fast interconnects, it's USB-C. Right. right. I mean, uh, it, it's either it's either you're building a PC and you're using PCI Express or USB-C and having a common, you know, having having it be Thunderbolt 4 as well. It's just it's so nice to have because it makes it so much more future proof. You know, you can now use these. You don't have to buy Microsoft's proprietary dock if you wanted to use, you know, display, USB ports, keyboard. You can use a regular Thunderbolt dock. You can now hook it up to USB-C monitors, you know, do display port over it. There's just so much more future-proofing you get with it. And I'm so happy that they have now gone ahead and finally implemented USB-C on the on the surfaces. This is like, I, I, I think I forgot about the I.O. For, I, I don't know why I forgot because it is the most important thing, but it also it felt like, for the longest time, Microsoft was just kind of like wishy-washy with the I/O situation of the Surface Pro devices, right? Like they were just like, "Yeah, it's a USB-C." Like, who, who, what was their excuse for not having USB-C? Was there like an excuse? One of the Surface engineers said, "Because it's a direct access port, it's a security risk." God, that's that's I I don't even know how to respond to that. Did you know PCI is a is a security risk because it can be read on the same interface as your CPU? I mean, it's that's technically true, I guess, but also that it's physically in your machine. Like if you've already opened up the computer, like you could just pop out the NVMe drive at that point, right? <laughs> yes, like <laughs> it's like right. Yeah, I'm like if you're like if you're close enough to my PCIe bus that you can literally access it physically then you can physically just remove my ssd and my storage and just read the data off of that like it's not there's it's not like the physical security like it's not an actual threat model uh so thunderbolt we got thunderbolt we got USB-C. we got hdr i mean we HDR. got HDR. What kind of HDR is it? Dolby no, no, Vision. The Dolby good Vision. shit. That's the good shit. I, I know you're like you're the Dolby Vision, like, or rather the HDR like enthusiast. Like, did they have like a demo of any HDR? Or did they just mention like the? They just mentioned it. I, the, my thing is, so I'm more excited about services having HDR, not because I just like HDR, but now Microsoft has a reason to give a fuck about making HDR good on Windows. With a Windows having good HDR, exactly. Support, right? So Windows 11 having actual proper HDR support for once, right? Instead of like weird hacks. Yeah, because Microsoft can't ship the Surface with bad H. I mean, they could, but I don't think Panos would let it. They could, but I don't. But yes, that's the thing. They have like an actual like like need to like actually implement proper HDR support into Windows, right? Like so an incentive, right? They don't want yeah, to get an actual on. incentive. Yeah, like you can't like they have like before. It's like who cares about HDR on Windows, right? They're not. There's no Surface devices with HDR, and the gamers don't care about HDR. Uh, so so who 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 is HDR for? But now now they're marketing HDR as a as a, as a selling point, and also another thing. Related, I guess, sort of to HDR is the ability of the screen to adapt. It's the, it's the true tone equivalent. They had a name for it. They had a marketing name for it. Uh, for the, for the display to change color grading, I guess, or whatever. Change the white point. Warmth. It's the white point the, depending the white, on the, warmth, the room you're yeah. in. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's it's the true tone equivalent, right? Like, so what iOS does, what with true tone displays. I'm curious how that's going to work. I don't think has there been Windows laptops with similar features. I don't think so, right? I mean, it's probably been like you know, like a bloatware app on your Dell XPS. But I don't think there's been like a native implementation like yeah, this. Yeah, like if this is going to build be built into Windows 11, that's another thing that's going to improve the. Windows like lap mobile device ecosystem, right? Like the device, like laptops, like Windows laptops. I would assume there's going to be uh, Windows OEMs going to start building like this feature also. Like, so I, I like if it's built into Windows 11 native, like, so that would be, that would be pretty cool. There's a, there's a camera. I mean, it's just camera and microphone upgrades. Um, it's, I mean, services have always had great webcams for conferencing and microphones as well. So I just imagine these are better. One of the biggest themes of me watching the supercut this the Verge had is the amount of times they mentioned Teams integration. I um, like it's just every time they talk about any Surface device, they're talking about how it integrates with Teams, and I'm just, I mean, it's it's what it is. But yeah, it's you best believe this is gonna have good cameras so you can show off. I mean, what what do managers do all day except conference? That's I mean, <laughs> that's that's yeah, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Uh. Is there, uh, okay, so the new pen, I think the pen is worth talking about because it's a change with the pen. Uh, the haptic feedback you mentioned, right? Uh, so there's a little like vibration motor or thing in the, in the pen. So when you, when you draw with it, when you write with it on, on the display, it like, it, it tries to emulate what like the vibrations of like actually writing with a pen or pencil would be, which I am, that is one of those things that's very hard to actually display as on video. It's one of those things you have to actually try to feel yourself to see if it's actually good, like good haptics or if it's just a shitty vibration motor, right? Like it's very, like haptics is one of those things that uh very hard to like get right. And if you get it wrong, it just kind of meh. It's kind of sucks. So I'm curious. Well, I think Microsoft probably will do it right because they've the pens, the, the drawing experiences on the surface has always been great. Yeah, that's one of those things. Like I, I think the ideal surface like workflow is use somebody who li- lives who lives on Office 365 uses OneNote for everything. You know, okay, listen, OneNote is amazing, right? I have no disrespect for OneNote. I'm just not. I just don't use it. But it's like if you're that kind of person who actually wants to use the pen to, you know, take, like, jot down things and use it as, like, a writing device or, or a drawing tool. Like, I, I think you do a lot worse in this in this category for, for this kind of device, right? So, uh, Surface, do we want to talk about the Duo or do we want to talk about this laptop studio? I think we can do the Duo just real quick because it's it's a basically more of a phone, better hardware, better cameras, same similar design. The problem with the Duo is, at the end of the day, the software experience has been buggy. Microsoft has not been pushing out updates regularly to improve it. So even though it looks cool, right? Like It looks cool, and they kept keep trying to make it seem like the ultimate productivity machine. Like, the lady was like, yeah, I'm going to have... Uh, I'm going to have um, my Outlook inbox on one screen and I'm going to have message on the other screen or I'm going to have the the, the, uh, the Teams conference with the with the video like on the one end and the, and the presenters like output on the other. Like, you know, they were trying to like make it seem like it was uh, some sort of like Uber like productivity machine. And the, the coolest thing I have is the the small outer display that you have on the edge. The, 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 uh, I don't know what you would call it. Like, it's like a, 
it's like a thin strip of a display on like the like it's like a little bit curved yeah it's um it, it's very inspired by the microsoft band and how it used to do notifications that's what it reminded me of when i had the band oh yes yes exactly and it and I, and I think that kind of idea is always really cool to me like i think that sort of way of displaying information like it shows uh like the it shows the time of course it shows uh how many new messages you have, how many missed calls, how many Teams me- teams messages, of course, how many, what your battery charges, and using that like very simple interface to display all that information in different ways. And I think that's just a cool idea. I don't know if it's going to be like actually useful, but I think that if you're using this device, I, and you don't want to like, because the opening the device is like a full thing, right? You're, you're like, you're opening it with an intent, like you want to get something done, but you're not, you don't, if, if you just want to look at the time, you don't want to open the device, right? Like that just seems like too much. So I'm guessing that's why this is the design that they went with. And I think that's actually pretty cool. But then you realize you have to hold it and press the power button to get this to pop up and it doesn't pop up by tapping it or automatically. So therefore it ruins the entire feature. <laughs> I, I, okay. It's, it's, that's, it's, that's not ideal, but I, I just, I like get the, the idea that they were like the, 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 the vision, the pan, the panel's vision, you know, like, uh, the vision that he had or like whoever designed this, like the, the vision that they had for this. I, I just keep, it's Microsoft keeps, I think one of those Microsoft keeps going in with these two in one devices. And I'm not sure the two in one model like works for most people. There might be some people who really fuck with the surface duo model of a phone like i'm sure like i'm sure there's like the equivalent of samsung knights uh for for surface duo <laughs> i mean yeah it's i just appreciate it existing you know even though i think this still needs some more work i'm happy that they're still going at it and if you are a fan of it these are good hardware improvement you know we, there, there's that yeah yeah there's a new processor in this i think the surface uh dual one had a old yeah, this has an 888 yeah this has a snapdragon one snapdragon uh there's the pen right the pen also you know is same pen as the as the surface um pro yeah as the surface pro so it it, it attaches magnetically uh, to the cover, uh, which is, you know, cool. Uh, they, they kept trying to talk about the camera and I'm just like, I, I'm not sold, bro. I'm not sold on Microsoft being able to make a, a phone with a good camera anymore. Because they fired everyone from Nokia who made the good cameras. Yeah, let's, I, let's I really, just, they, they had the I, talent to make good mobile cameras and then they fired them all when they the shut Lumia? down their mobile division. Remember the Lumia cameras? Um, they were great. They were very Lumia the, the 1020 with the big ass camera. Those Microsoft at one point in time made very good cameras. So um, they did outsource though to some Japanese company for this. They didn't do the cameras in house. I mean, I I think this is one of those things where if you're buying this device, you're not buying it for the camera. Right? Like this, it's the camera is there because every smartphone has to have cameras, like multiple of them nowadays, like multiple lenses. Like it has ultra wide, it has a wide, it's a telephone. Obviously, that's like, you know, parcel for high end smartphone cameras. Like it's, you have to have those or you cannot be a smartphone. Like that's just, like it's, you have to have those. So like, but I don't think anybody who's actually interested in the big proposition, like the big 
like being the promise of this device, like is interested in the camera, are they? Right? Like maybe the front camera, maybe if you're using it for uh, teams conferencing, <laughs> teams conferencing. I mean, l- listen, like look, they have they know their target market, they have a target market, and they're aiming for it. I, I can't, I can't really do right. I mean, it just has to be usable. That that's all. It just be usable. So I think I think they've hit this threshold because the last one was slow. This one seems a lot faster. Not better, but yeah. It still needs to be tested, and you know, reviews need to be done on it. They had a weird thing about video games. Like they had like a weird mention where they're like we we partnered with Game Loft to have optimized games for for the device. Like, I mean the X Cloud integration made sense, right? Where you can use the bottom screen as a controller, but the Game Loft one, I don't who fucking I, I don't know. What that's that. that's some weird like corporate bullshit going on there. But yeah. So we the Surface Duo 2, uh, I'm sure this is going to cause another uh, Verge video of what is a computer to arrive. Uh, I'm sure that's <laughs> going to happen. Uh, theater is already very, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to happen. Uh, it's always, like, it's interesting to see these, like, Microsoft keeps trying these weird, like, uh, non-standard-ish form factors um, to see what, what is possible. Like, I don't think it's, like, Microsoft, like, I don't think Microsoft cares that this, like, doesn't sell. I think they just do it to see what is possible with with. They, they also they need a mobile presence, right? Like they just need to have it. Yeah, I mean that's true. They have need to have a mobile presence, and if you're and if you're not like you don't you don't need to have like a big presence, but you can make it a unique presence, right? You could you could like nobody and nobody else other than Samsung, right? Really is like sort of trying this sort of weird like hybrid two in one like productivity device model, right? And even the folding, the Samsung folding phone is not really meant to for a productivity. Like it's not marketed that way, right? So so this is definitely like, a, uh, and it is, what is the price? If, uh, as it's always like an expensive device. Uh, the yeah, 1,500, it says uh, available 20, October 21st. Uh, so next up, we have the Surface Laptop Studio. Inside baseball, real quick, too. Sadik had to step away for a minute, so I'm going to be doing this bit, but he will be back for the next one. Um, movie, magic, and podcasting on a, f- on a tight schedule is always fun. <laughs> um, but next in the event, though, we do have the Surface Laptop Studio, which is the spiritual, not spiritual, I would say then, because Microsoft did directly say this is the successor to the Surface Book. The Surface Book, of course, was the product with the detachable screen that I... Honestly, I knew a couple people who use Surface Books, but I don't know of anyone who ever actually took off the screen. And so what they did is created a new computer that is, I mean, it's very, it's very Surface Team. It's very Surface Team, but the design of it is just wild. So it's one of those two-in-ones that flips forward. Um, Asus has a couple of these. I believe Acer does as well. Like There's some Zephyrus lines of computers that have them. But none of them, I would say, are really designed like this because the ones that usually have the pulled forward are tend to be gaming laptops or thicker desktop replacements, um, say like, you know, things that trip a quadro graphics, those styles of laptops. And looking at the Surface Laptop Studio, it is deceivingly thin. It, it has this weird like tiered design where if you look at it normally, it just looks like a, a MacBook, you know regular screen black keys USB-C ports on both sides but then if you sort of look at it from another angle you see it actually sits on a pedestal that has nothing but ventilation around it it's 
it's like the opposite of the wedge trick Apple used to do with um, with the MacBook, right? MacBook Air has a wedge on it, so it looks thinner than it actually is because of that wedge. This is just like a using negative space to make it look like a thinner laptop than it actually is. At the same time, though, I'm not opposed to this design as it having a thicker base means better cooling, more powerful components. Because the problem you ran into with the service book was all the the processor and everything was in the screen. So there's only so far you could go with the processor without it would just thermal throttle because it's in the tablet part of it. And you can't have that super hot when people are holding it. So once you take away the option of removing you know, the display, you can make it a little bit more of a traditional laptop design, at least from a thermal perspective, which will allow you to put in more powerful components. PZS, of course, does have 35 watt Intel processors, and you can also get up to a 3050 Ti, and there's, I think, an enterprise model that does have some quadro graphics on it. And just, I am strangely in love with this computer. I, it's, this, this is probably not a great design, but the fact that you can essentially pull the screen forward, so the screen flips out, and then it can, like, you know, sit in front of the keyboard so it's closer to you, or you can fold it all the way down like a drawing tablet. So the screen is covering the keyboard and the trackpad and, you know, use it as a drawing tablet or I guess, you know, like a movie mode if you have it where it's just covering the the keyboard it, itself. It, it's just wild. And I, they mentioned this on the Verge cast, but I am I am here for baffling computers. This and I think the I think this is like the antithesis to the framework laptop. And, and hear me out on this. The framework laptop is baffling in that. How did that exist? Something so cool like that. This is baffling in why does this <laughs> exist? It's so cool, but one's like a baffling for how, the other one's a baffling for for why. Although I I do think that them putting more powerful components in this will actually make this a useful computer. Because some of the problems you run into with the Surface Book is you you could buy a Surface Book, but then if you spent the same money, you would just get something so much faster. It, it didn't make sense. You were buying the Surface Book for the design. At the same time, you are buying this for the design, but at the very least, you're getting components that back it up. So it isn't a complete waste for you to spend, you know, 2000 however much on this computer and basically getting a Surface Pro with a, with a cool design to it. And something else that I am loving as well is 3 by 2 which is, of course, the right aspect ratio for the screen. And, of course, 120 hertz, Dolby Vision. And the speakers even have Dolby Atmos. And that that actually makes this a really interesting gaming device. Sadly, it only goes to like a 3050 Ti, which is just, it's silly. Like I, I, I'm almost sad that they couldn't bump it up to a 3070 because I, I thermals aside, right? Let's assume that if this could game, you would have a pretty baller experience. Great screen, great aspect ratio, Dolby Vision, HDR, Dolby Atmos. And then of course you could put it in like that, that that movie mode right where it covers the keyboard and and have like you know pretty good controller experience of just, just plopping it on a table or, or some other surface uh no, no pun intended there and i i'm just a little sad they didn't go further enough for it I, I guess at the same time though i don't think microsoft really wants to make a gaming laptop since services whole thing has always been about like two-in-ones flexibility productivity and i don't i don't think microsoft has much interest in the gaming side given that there's so many competitors in there, whereas these sorts of like drawing tablets or these two-in-ones are not really things that have high-end competitors. There's a lot of cheaper ones, but no- nothing that's like high-end and and with the sort of fit and finish. Another thing that's super cool at it is that since it has like the pedestal it sits on, there's a little bit of space below it, right? 
you have the base of the laptop, and then it goes onto the pedestal. So in that crevice, you can actually magnetically attach the Surface Pen. So no more um, having to throw it in a bag, or I believe it's a surface with the Surface Book, you have to slap it to the side. This fits under it, which seems like a far more natural position to place it in. Um, there's a really great image of it in the Verge article we have linked in the in the show notes. And just yeah, this this computer is I it's a thousand starts at a thousand six hundred, and you know it's a it's a Intel Z eight gigs of RAM model, not not the best one. And I I don't think anyone should actually buy this, but. I'm kind of tempted. I don't need this kind of laptop in my life. I've, I have no use for this. But this thing's just so damn cool and and baffling. It's just I don't know why this exists. I'm I'm happy it's out there. It's like I think it's talking about the Surface Duo. It's not for me, even though you know as as much as I would love to go back to um, using using Surface hardware because I, I loved when I had the Surface Three, even if it was slow. I, I'm still happy that there are just these wild shot designs out there, but. Once again, this is less so wild than, say, the Surface Pro or, or the Surface Duo as there are competitors for this. I still don't think any of them, of the Asus ones, are as good fit and finish-wise as this. But the concept of the screen that pulls forward, um, I believe there's also uh, the, the keyboard in the front laptops, right? All those laptops have keyboards in the front and then, like, the trackpad to the side. Th- those exist. It's So this is not a completely new um, category like some of the other things Microsoft has done. But it's still, still pretty, pretty damn rad. And um, as, a, as a side note, if you saw the supercut or the actual event itself, when Panos was showing this off, they had this super fake moment of him walking off stage. Like it, it seemed like he was trying to be like, like you know, off the cuff. Let, let, let's go ahead, walk off the stage, and and just take one of the people's um, in production Surface Laptop Studio and show how it's using. It just it it seemed super fake, and that those those sorts of can't like. It, it was too canned for its own good, but outside of that, I am I approve of this. Sadik probably has a lot more negative to say, but he's not here, so he can go. <laughs> he his opinion doesn't matter. He's because he's playing Halo Infinite w- without me. Um, <laughs> next up, though, what you are going to hear once again through through movie magic is we are going to be talking about the Nintendo Direct, and um, I cannot talk about Nintendo alone. Sadik, of course, does not play that much Nintendo, so we did bring back Mint. And so let's go ahead and introduce on Mint and get on to the direct in five, four, three, two, one. Hello. Hi. I'm here to talk about Bayonetta stepping on my neck, but that might be at the, we'll talk about that at the end. That's like the last thing. So see, actually though, it was the Nintendo direct was the bait, but really I need to vent my frustration at Mint posting a lot about Tales of Arise and me thinking it was a good idea to buy that game. So actually I'm going to call you out for it. I'm going to call you out for Tales yeah. of Arise. Oh my, and, that is its um, own a podcast. game with no black people talking about <laughs> slavery, but I think we should get through this Nintendo direct first. Bruh, it was so bad. <laughs> okay. No, I, now that you've mentioned it, though, just real quick, I am, like, physically trying to finish that game, and it's, like, I'm, like, I can't, like, I'm, like, my hands get weighed down by the controller. Like, it just, it gets progressively worse as time goes on. That in and of itself. Oh, no, here's how I'm beating it. It's auto mode. I have the game on auto mode. Once I beat all the five lords, I'm like, fuck this combat. Fuck this storyline. I paid 70 bucks for it because I also paid for the level boost. So I'm just going to play this game on auto mode because I did not want to grind this out. <laughs> it doesn't count. It doesn't count if you're not touching the controller. So you're not a 
contributing to the horrible discourse. Yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> Listen, that's how I beat Control. I, I think the biggest thing here is that y'all just saved me from buying this bad JRPG, so I... It's not worth it. it, it it's actually... And, you know, you can tell that, like, the game industry does not have, like, people of color writing because no yeah. one mentioned this. You know what I mean? And I and I was just like, okay, I'll buy it. They said the gameplay's good and, like, the story's pretty good. Yeah, that's all I saw. Like, I was reading the... I think it was the Ars Technica review, and it was just like, yeah, the gameplay is real good. It's a it's JRPG story. I was like, okay, it seems interesting. I like I like the combat in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Surely this is going to be fine. And then I just waited like a, a week, and Christian picked it up. Yeah, uh, and so I'm not. I'm 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 just gonna buy other games. It's fine. So Sadik, think of it like this. So um, Tales of Arise has the racial complexity of a Logic album. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> I was expecting someone to scream out that they're yeah. biracial, so at least for the way into the game. Oh, honestly, too. By the time I got to the last boss fight, I was surprised I had not heard a who could relate <laughs> in the background, right? Like, I was honestly shocked I had not heard that. Like, I thought Logic was going to come in being like, Tales of Arise, Arise Up, Biracial, <laughs> Oppression, Not Good, Me, I'm Here to save the world that's that's honestly what i was expecting because it's like people were like you got to fight the oppression in yourself and i'm like bitch you're white what are you talking about what are you oppressed from you work at a royal castle you were like you talking about slaves out here but what what does this even mean at the end in like the final is it have you got do you already know what the final boss is before i actually say i ran about the next part no i i i haven't i haven't i haven't i'm like in the final dungeon and it's like two and a half hours long so i'm chugging through i'm trying i you know it's bad when i'd rather play death stranding which i like assumed i would hate so <laughs> but i'll get there you'd rather play kojima Can you believe that? that's like god it's a truly I, I I think I think my personal problem is that I can't get into JRPGs anymore because the first one I played was so good that all of them are bad now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's listen. Like if a, you want a good Tales game, get Tales of Vesperia yeah. Definitive Edition. That is way That's better about, than like, this literally game. Okay. eating uh, the rich and like killing people who are bad. Which is like a thing we should do more often. <laughs> so, and Yuri doesn't care. That's, that's that's true. And it doesn't it doesn't have the storyline too of a Logic album. So that's honestly the best thing. Yeah, I mean, they're literally like, <laughs> yo, right. you threw the slaver into a desert and let like giant sand ants eat that eat eat him. And Yuri is just like, yeah, and I'd do it again. There's nothing you can't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in Tales of Arise, in Tales Old of Arise, they're like, oppressor. this person enslaves yeah. someone, and you have to hold hands with them because, you know, he was oppressed himself. He might have killed 100,000 people, but, you know, he had daddy problems, so we should really make sure that he's okay before everyone else. Uh, Fuck that game. I see. It's, it's, just it's Tales of Centrism. <laughs> yeah, literally. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very very good. All right. Um, so the Nintendo yeah. Direct Sorry. happened. <laughs> uh, I I am totally out of the loop on this one because I didn't even realize uh, this was going. There was going to be. I I mean I should realize by this point. There's a direct like what every month now or every other month. Uh, so a September direct what happened. Specifically, there's a direct every every year one week before Tokyo Game Show. Uh, that always happens. Okay, I see. Okay, so well, that makes sense. So. What which what are we starting with? Nintendo Switch Online, I, I suppose, is the no. We're starting with the Kirby game, uh, the best thing announced. Fuck Bayonetta <laughs> three. Kirby <laughs> oh, no. Odyssey is what Jesus. I'm here for. 
There are no humans in the Kirby world, which is a wild revelation. <laughs> it was interesting when Kirby, like, I was watching and I was just like, oh, cool, Kirby. And then, you know, he's like so, his games have been so, I don't want to say like unoriginal, but they haven't really changed the formula up. That when he just walked up, like entered the third dimension, I like started like hollering in chat. I was just like, oh, he go, he go up. He went up. He's never done up before. So that was cool. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, is it is it like a platformer like the other? I think the other Kirby games are like platformers, right? I'm I'm not like familiar. It has like it has like big Super Mario 3D World energy to it. Um, if you like, just looking at it, I I, I don't think it's going to be like open world or anything. I think it's going to be like segmented levels, but they're levels where he go up. So. <laughs> that's that's cool. Is, does this does this get a release date, or is it like one of those that's like twenty twenty three or spring? Oh, spring. I believe, yeah, which is soon. You know, Kirby games they're so reliable. Like it'll probably it'll come out in spring. I'm I'm sure, and it'll be solid. I'm guessing. Um, I don't know. Maybe the third dimension will screw it up. I just want to know if they're going to top um the the Roboto one for for the 3DS because that still I think is the best Kirby game. That game was wild. It was so good. Yeah, I, I, the the finale was like uh, the best I've seen in a Nintendo game. Nobody. It's wild that like no other Nintendo IP has endings that are like as strong as Kirby ones, despite those games being so unassuming. Um, I think like. There, you know, there's someone at Nintendo, though, who really wants to keep pushing Kirby because these don't sell that well, especially compared to like other franchises, but they just consistently keep making them. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm wondering about that, like on the hierarchy of Nintendo franchises, like where does, where is Kirby? Is, is it like a mid-tier Nintendo franchise, right? I guess because it's been around so long. Yeah, this is my theory. Uh, the games themselves don't sell like super well, right? However. If you hang out on Silicon Era for like even a little bit, it feels like every week they're like, "Yeah, Nintendo released this new line of Kirby merch." So my 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 theory is that maybe the Kirby games may not be making that much bank, but people love this little guy and they will buy anything that they put on him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm imagine it's yeah, like the merchandising possibilities are like ridiculously good like the kids love it i'm sure yeah we got plushies we got cafes we've got keychains um a- albums yeah there's there's lots of potential there and i think that's where the money comes from yeah that makes sense nintendo switch online i i'm i'm i'm, I'm like stopping myself from like really <laughs> because i i like when when i start like Christian was talk just talk your shit. Yeah, no, please, talk your off. shit. Come okay. on, talk okay. your shit. Go off on right. Nintendo. It's uh, your birthday. You have the right to talk. It's also my birthday. Yes, it's also my birthday. So, oh, happy birthday! Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, Nintendo Switch Online. Of uh, I have I have used like all the all the big like uh, the big threes like sort of online service that you pay yearly for. So the so Xbox Live Gold, right? Uh, PlayStation Plus that I I have paid for a little bit. So I only paid for PlayStation Plus. So I could get, you know, uh, cloud saves, right? Well, whatever. And I got some games out of it, some discounts, sure. Uh, Xbox Live Gold gave me a bunch of games, which I never played. Uh, great value. But Nintendo Switch Online, okay. The biggest selling point for Nintendo Switch Online is 
cloud saves, right? Like by default, like the same thing without the PS. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk in select games. I- I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. <laughs> so w- Nintendo Switch Online. Okay, you're thinking, okay, I, great. I get cloud saves. I'm going to pay $24 a year. I'm going to get cloud saves. It's, this is a portable device. I want my saves to be backed up to the cloud because who knows? Somebody's going to steal this thing out of my out of my bag or whatever. Guess what? It does not work with every title on the Switch. The developer has to explicitly support it, first of all. And even at, and second, there are Nintendo first-party games. Forget about, forget about third-party developers. The Nintendo first-party games that do not support Nintendo's own online cloud save backup system. Like, you're paying $24 for, for what? Uh... The the one feature that is like actually useful is doesn't even work for some games. I think Animal Crossing is one of them, right? The, no, the that was a yep. that was a big deal last year. People were very upset. That's a big one, right? Because can you imagine you put like hundreds of hours into your animal save at animal 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 you could put literally years of like time and effort and whatever you, uh, your of your life into this one video game. This one save file, and you could just like your your switch could just die. Like your switch could just like the battery could explode or whatever, and you lost your save. Like you can't even. Like, there's no way. Like with especially with the uh, PlayStation, at least with Sony, you don't have to pay Sony the cloud storage, the PS Plus thing. You can just copy the saves onto a USB drive, right? Like you can you can you can do a manual backup if you're like if you don't want to pay for PS Plus, you could just you can just like. You know, just well. The, so the tools do exist, though. So you may not be aware of this, but if you need to do like some, let's say you have two switches, or you're getting your switch repaired, you can transfer Nintendo, the same. You right? can no, you can send your switch into Nintendo support, oh and they do have the ability to <laughs> oh do more God. advanced data management with your saves. But it has to be a Nintendo support rep who does it. It cannot be you. So you know, like it's like you know, if you have like one switch to another, or you one's broke, right, and you're getting it repaired, you can send those in, and they can do that stuff for you, some sort of migration stuff back and forth from that. But it's only Nintendo support who has those tools. So they have access to like special tools that can read the da- the data files and copy them over. Like this, that's let's what... not call it special tools. It's a file browser. A... <laughs> they have access to a fucking file browser. That is not a special tool. Let's get something straight. Oh. <laughs> it's not. It's not some. Magic here. They just they just plug it in and then they copy it over. Like, What's a computer, right? What's a fucking computer? So, so this that's the first feature of the Nintendo Switch Online. Like that's like the big thing with the cloud storage, which doesn't even work with some games, right? Second feature, I think the big appeal is is the nostalgia play, where they're like, "Hey, you remember the N sixty four, right? You remember the uh- actually no, sorry. The second feature is voice chat using your smartphone. Oh my Come God. on, is oh my listen, God. it was so bad. I forgot. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is right. And the thing is, too, they added Bluetooth headphone support. And guess what? You cannot do if you're Bluetooth headphones. You cannot do audio input, even though every pair of Bluetooth headphones has a mic on them. That's wild. So, Yikes. so, so, I that feature was so bad that I actually forgot it existed. But, uh, <laughs> the, the, remember when we tried to do it with Splatoon? multiplayer i think we tried right and it did not work i think we did it for five seconds and then we're like let's just go just to get discord. on discord mm-hmm. yeah the, the 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 nintendo ios app that they have for it is so bad uh do not use it please for the love of god just just use something else that actually works uh so that's the feature and also you get like uh like a emulator i guess with uh now with the latest announcement you get uh 
Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games. Uh, what what other consoles were they giving NES games? Right, like NES uh, and Super Nintendo. And are NES and Super Nintendo. So so there's there other big feature is like a sort of a value add. Sort of hey look while while you're paying for this, why not have a, a, a emulator? You know that with ROMs. You know, guess what? You're gonna pay for an emulator with ROMs, uh, and with this new announcement, they announced an expansion. Someone, can somebody explain the expansion pass to me? What is what is the? It wasn't very clear. They kind of they were just like, "It's a premium service. We're not going to tell you how much it costs, but you'll have to pay it to play N64 and Sega Genesis games." Because there's no way in, like, the, Nintendo is incapable of providing a service without making you, like, hate them at the same time. Yeah. Pay for it? Yeah. It's like, I, I, would, I would love, like, if they just added this as, like, okay, here, look, now you can also play Nintendo 64 and, Genesis, like, Sega Genesis games. That would be, like, cool, whatever. I'm not interested, but that's, like, the kind of people who are interested, that's good for them, like great that they get more value out of the service that they're paying for uh, at, uh like the yearly they make it like a dlc like like an expansion it's an expansion pack and what on earth like you know like the expansion pack on the n64 controller that they also sold to you a long time ago except that had value to it to an extent because it like you know did things this is just like no well let's Mm, let's talk about the Nintendo 64 controller for a second. Have oh, you seen a picture please, of it? Please. Have you have you seen a picture of that, right? And you might think to yourself, think to yourself out loud, does that look comfortable? If you said yes, I'm off this podcast and we're done. <laughs> if that controller is not comfortable, that controller is garbage, but you could spend $70, $80. Cause let me actually, I have my Switch open right now. Let me tell you how much a replica Super Nintendo controller goes for, which by the way, you have to be a Nintendo Switch Online member for the perk. The, ability to give nintendo money for it oh my god that is just i wanted to buy oh my god it doesn't even tell you the price on the switch i have to scan a qr code to get this price sorry let me open up my (laughs) phone real quick and scan a goddamn qr code and then i can tell you all the price this This is is canada pricing right because it's like 49.99 here yeah it's 49.99 it says uh the controllers are oh it's actually 30 bucks for it right oh it's not as bad as i thought i'm I'm still looking at nintendo for making you pay for it (laughs) yeah and, and guess what? These are going to sell out like immediately because people are instantly they're going to sell out because people hate themselves for some reason. And Yeah, they miss having Carpal Tunnel. Here's the funniest thing about this, This other than the fact that you have to pay more. I saw, um, I didn't know this, but apparently uh, the SNES Online stuff for uh, Nintendo Switch Online has rollback. Um, like Donkey Kong Country. Oh, the netcode. Like yeah, okay. the netcode okay. has rollback. So, yeah. if they bring Smash Bros. 64 <laughs> to Nintendo Switch Online, it will be the first Smash Bros. game to have a uh, rollback netcode, which would just, I don't know whether to laugh or cry at that information. That's, in- that is hilarious. That is incredible. I know, I know it's a, I know it's a big, like, discourse point in the fighting game community that this, the, what is it? Uh, rollback? Super... The roll, the rollback thing is like it's the the Nintendo fighter doesn't have like rollback, right? Like it's bad. Like it's it's not good. It, it sucks. Like Nicktoons All Stars will have it, so it'll be a better oh like god. online platform. <laughs> oh my fucking god, than Smash. 
and Rivals of Evil will have it soon too. So actually, I think that's important to note. Though, actually, about the online, because you do get online at these games, so you can play Mario Kart. It's coming to it. You can play it online, which is actually the first time that game's ever been made available online. Because I don't think any emulators will do will do it at the moment. I know for like some Xbox ones or PlayStation ones, you can get like local multiplayer to work with an online little shell or shim. I'm not sure if there's any for the N64 that exists. That's probably true. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not like sure of this, but like that's actually, I mean, that's a cool feature. But they really should not be making this an extra cost. Like this is not, like this is, this is uh, like egregious. Like it, like even Microsoft and Sony, so and Sony keeps charging. Like Sony was like, "Yeah, we're gonna charge extra for you to upgrade from the PS4 to the PS5 one." Um, like Sony at least, okay, they're like, "Okay, you you bought a new console, you're gonna pay us an extra ten dollars for this game now." Uh, but there's convenience attached because, like, to me, Nintendo feels like Apple, but with none of the convenience. Like they're like, "Yeah, pay, pay like X amount of money for AirPod Pros or whatever," right? But then it's like, oh, they automatically switch from your iPhone to your Mac, or they have like noise canceling. Like, yes, you're paying a premium. You can have that argument. But in the end, there is some level of like convenience, especially if you're bought into their ecosystem. Nintendo doesn't give you any um, like anything of value for opting in to being more of a Nintendo fan. They just hurt you further and further the deeper you go. Yeah, they just keep hurting you. It's 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 a bad relationship. It's not good. It's, it's, not, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not great. I don't, what games are we getting? I, 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 oh, I'm not... Oh, oh, uh, oh, tell me about the games, please. So, let, here's... I think... I. I think Mint know, is knowing where I'm going with this. So, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. A great game is coming. Now, let's, let's think for a second. Nintendo remade this for the 3DS. They quality of life improvements, challenge modes. Which version of the Ocarina of Time do you think Nintendo is adding to the Nintendo 64? Of course, the worst version. They're going to give you the Nintendo 64 version. The original one version. version. And <laughs> even, even better. So, in the, in the 90s, in Europe, PAL regions, TVs ran at 50 hertz. So games output it at 50 FPS. If you are using a Nintendo Switch in Europe, what version of the game do you think you get? Do you think you get the, the NT... Do you get the NTSC version? Do you get the NTSC version? No, you get the PAL version. Nintendo 64 games on Nintendo Switch Online will run at 50 FPS on a 60 hertz screen. The Switch's screen or your TV screen, because there are not any TVs sold in Europe anymore that output at 50 FPS. So you are going to get a choppy experience if you live in Europe. I... I didn't even think, I forgot about the NTSC versus PAL thing, and I didn't even, that is just, that is No, weird. but it's okay, because Echo the Dolphin. Shut up. Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> Stop complaining. So, like, you get, you get are you excited Dolphin. for, like, Star Fox, Star Fox 64? You mean the last time? Actually, I was about to get super spicy. It's not the last time a Star Fox game was good. I would argue Star Fox Assault's multiplayer was pretty good, but it's like the only Star Fox game we've ever gotten ever since like 64 came out. So sure, why not? Play the only Star Fox game that really exists. No, <laughs> like, no, whatever. even better. Nintendo is like, y'all fuckers want F-Zero? Here, here's F-Zero. F-Zero oh at home, God. right? <laughs> I will say, it's the fucking original one. I'm excited for Mario Tennis. Um, but like, not enough. I'm not, I won't be paying for this, just to be clear. I just like the idea that like Mario Tennis is there. That's just the idea of Mario Tennis. 
Uh, also, I think the most interesting, uh, if you could call it interesting, I guess is Banjo-Kazooie, which technically is not a Nintendo franchise, right? That is a Microsoft rare. It's a rare franchise to be specific. Like it is not a. I wonder if it's a rights thing where it's like we technically own the N sixty four ROM of this. Oh, that's that might be true. It's like a weird licensing thing. That might be true. Yeah. Or or hear me out. Hear me out. It's a part of the deal to get Game Pass on the Switch. Big brain play right here. <laughs> They're on it's pretty not. friendly <laughs> terms. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be that surprised. Yeah, I think Microsoft and Nintendo are, are on friendly terms. Yeah, that's probably... I mean, they They're might have been even, like, given this rights away for, for Banjo-Kazooie on the like, Switch as, a, as just, like... A, because they even if they don't own the rights to this ROM, they definitely own the rights to the character, and he showed up in Smash, so... That's true. Yeah, they do. That's that's true. And and Microsoft doesn't really care about character exclusivity anymore, right? Like that's not really a Microsoft play anymore. They they don't care where you play the care the characters in their games. They don't give a shit as long as you're paying them. Honestly, Microsoft is probably pushing for Nintendo to add teams to the Switch. Let's be real. <laughs> that's really <laughs> why the big play. Please, it has not better better Bluetooth audio support. Before oh my god. Has- Oh my god, imagine at the next service event, Panos just pulls out the Switch and says, look at this great Teams experience, clicks join conference, it takes like five minutes of the Switch just spinning, <laughs> is it a shit Wi-Fi? Yeah, and then Miyamoto shows up on the other screen and is like, hello, Mario will be playing Chris Pratt, or sorry, Chris Pratt will be playing Mario? I don't know, who's playing who at this point? Um, I, I wanted to segue into that because Shigeru Miyamoto going on, like, on screen and being like, Mario will be played by Chris Pratt really felt like I could feel uh, the foundations of the matrix that we live in, like start <laughs> to shake. It was, it was like a surreal moment. It, it's just like, I, I think I, I feel like if you watched, like, I feel like if you're into Mario and like you watch this, you, you think you're like hallucinating, like you're watching, like, I, am I on drugs? Like, is this real? His picture was the only one that was black and white. And it felt like he was like dead. Like in memoriam, <laughs> like he, he it was his last like job was to voice um, Mario. The, and Chris Pratt after after Chris Pratt voices Mario, he will die. The curse of Mario is <laughs> <it's> real. <laughs> like whoever whoever plays Mario will will die a gruesome death or something like that. Uh, so the cast we have a we have a I guess this is a live is this a live action movie? Is this is this what this? No, uh, it's, it's, CGI. Oh, it's CGI. It's by the people that made the. Illumination, they do like Despicable Me and Minions. Um, yeah, the low budget Pixar. Yeah, that's a hot take. <laughs> so, so do we have a Mario Mario CGI movie coming out uh, with with a with a voice cast uh, of Chris Pratt as as Mario? <laughs> you know, I, I never listen. Listen, I so, never thought you could be racist to Italians until they announced Chris Pratt as Mario. <laughs> This is Italophobia. This is Itali- Italian erasure, and I will not stand for it. Anya Taylor Joy as Peach. I actually don't know who some of these Queens, people are. She's, but... she's from Queens Gambit on Netflix. If you saw that, oh, that, yeah, oh, she's, I haven't she's watched a girl from Queens Gambit. Gambit. No, okay, okay. Uh, Charlie Day. Latina as... stay winning. We have a Latina as Princess Peach. Oh, Happy Hispanic Heritage Month, y'all. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Jack Black as Bowser is the only is good casting like, choice. The only good casting choice because yes, uh, Keegan Michael Key, 
will play Toad, and Seth Rogen, fucking Seth Rogen, uh, will appear as Do- I don't like Seth Rogen for some reason. I don't know why, but I just don't like him. Uh, Seth Rogen will even appear as Donkey Kong. Uh, and this, this is the, this is the real, this is the real kicker. Wait, wait, we need, I need to pause you for a moment. Mint, we need to do a bet here. How much do you think Seth Rogen will do the Donkey Kong rap in the movie? How, what are the odds of that <sighs> oh happening? Oh my god. Damn. Please no. Please I do don't not. know if I can bet on that because it feels like it'll. Well, I mean, that's technically rare, right? Or, I, I don't know. Have they even. I ever... mean, hey, Phil Spencer, they get a team's integration in the, in the yeah, team's product true. placement in the microphone. You know, I think no. there's a pretty high over under here. At least a couple lines. Or they'll like use the mu- musical motif um, when he shows up. Yeah, I can see it happening. I'm mad you put it in my head, but I can see it happening. I mean, you know, there's gonna be a line where Cranky Kong smoking a cigar, right? And they're gonna make a joke about how that's weed. There's absolutely gonna be a weed <laughs> joke in the Mario movie, of course. Donkey Kong Rogan's and Cranky Kong. Yeah, I mean, there's gonna be a weed joke. Uh, so the real kicker is Mario's longtime voice actor Charles Martinet will only appear in the movie in cameo roles. Like what? Yeah. Okay. Here's here's my. Do you want me to tell you the plot of this movie? <clears throat> Let me tell you what's gonna happen. So the plot of this movie, it's gonna open with Jumpman, who is voiced by Charles Martinet, fighting uh, Cranky Kong, right? And then it's like blah 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 stuff happens. Then we cut to present day. Mario like wants to be a hero, like his dad, Jumpman. That that'll be the voice of um, uh, Crisp Rat. Um, and then uh, they'll go and save Princess Peach, but Princess Peach will already be already have saved herself because she is a guest like gatekeep girl boss uh and she won't need any latina help. stay winning <laughs> yes <Yeah, stop. laughs> uh, real quick I need, to, yeah. I need to stop you real quick for that for that story bit Piers. you said jump man with a son right honestly i i, I forgot mario was jump man in the 80s for a minute i thought you're talking about drake and adonis yes, right I, I, like i thought i was like i was like where's push a t come in you are hiding a child mario mario from the six <laughs> like do you mean the, the do you mean the Drake song featuring Future? Like I uh, I'm I was I was a little confused. Yes, I was gonna ask. Oh my god, Metro Boom and Trap remix of the Donkey Kong rap. Oh my god, you know we're gonna get like a like a everything is awesome version of like the Mario theme. I you know if they're not cowards, they'll just do wave your arms from side to side. If they're if they're not cowards, but they will be, and it's just gonna be like a, a dubstep uh... version of uh the main theme um this movie is going to be a disaster i can't wait to watch it um in that order like it's going to be terrible and i will be first in line Um, oh my god i'm so excited (laughs) so speaking of things that are actually good uh we don't know if it's going to be good i mean we hope it's good like it's 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 the hope uh bayonetta three uh I, i I, I I know I I haven't I've not played Bayonetta because it it existed on console that it, I didn't have. Uh, so I you have a Switch. How come I even bought them on the Switch? It's on the eShop. I, I just I'm not really into character action games. I, the only character action game I played is technically I guess Near Automata, which is uh which is which is a character action game in the in the technical sense because How dare you. combat combat. I'm just kidding. <laughs> combat was designed by Platinum Games, right? That's yeah. what I remember. Yeah. So. Neonamata is a nice introduction because you don't get ranked uh, after you like finish a fight. Yeah, so you, you don't, don't get have ranked. To feel bad and, about and, yourself. And there's like a little, there, you get those little helper robots that can make things easier as well in Neonamata. So it, it was a sort of a light introduction for me for character action. I'm not really like into the character, action, but like I am, 
attracted to the idea of Bayonetta. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I thought you were just going to say I am attracted to Bayonetta. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, was, I mean, I was going to say, I was like, the idea of playing Bayonetta is attractive to me, right? <laughs> I mean, Bayonetta is attractive. Let's, let's get that out of the way. That is, it's, that's a given. Like, I'm, 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 like, that's, I don't think that has to be said. He said, no step on me jokes in this podcast. <laughs> we get it. Okay. <laughs> Let's just talk about the I game. I mean, <laughs> listen, I'm upset that Platinum baited us if an Astral Chain 2 before they introduced Bayonetta. That was really like, they had. I want another Astral Chain game because I am, I guess, the minority. I don't think that game sold well, but I love the first Astral Chain. Actually, it sold really well, and I feel like that was them like basically being like, yes, you'll get another one eventually. Because there's... Oh, I actually didn't know there was a second one. Okay, there was going to be a second one. Yeah, th- there, was, there was like a fake out um, where they used the dog costume. Um, and yeah, I, I'm pretty... It sold... They were very happy with how it sold. Um, I think people were wanting Platinum on on the Switch, and that was all we got in between like 2017 and now. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty hopeful that they'll make another one. Um, but it was quite the fake out. There were a lot of fake outs. They kind of were like faking out that kaiju game that Kamiya is working on. Like the dog from that was in it. Um, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of little inside jokes before she actually showed up. But then she did, and I literally started to uh, cry. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> uh, I was just I, like I I I told Christian I was like, can somebody check on Mint? Like, is he okay? <laughs> multiple pe- multiple <laughs> people said that. It's funny because like you know people made Elden Ring jokes, right? But when you look back on it, uh, people only had to wait like I think two years max for Elden Ring news, right? Only two years, just just a casual casual. Well, but compare twenty seventeen. I was in college when they announced the scare. I am not anymore. <laughs> so finally seeing her, I was just like, and it looked like perfect. I was like, yeah, that's all I needed. I don't understand why we had to wait so long to see it, but that's all I needed. She was dancing. She was uh, like killing demons. Um, and there was, and then uh, you, she was like surfing a giant monster on like, yeah. Typical, typical. Okay, that's it. Yeah. You don't even that's have it. to that's show me anything else. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like that was enough. Yeah, it, lo- it looks it looks like a platinum, like you know, it looks like a character action game. Like it just looks like man, I don't like. I'm I'm just like he- here for it. I'm curious why it took so long. I wonder if there's some development hell stuff going on there. Like I'm like platinum hell is like Battle Games is stuck in some sort of weird development hell for this game. Uh, maybe I don't know. I imagine COVID probably just delayed it by a whole. COVID probably affected sure. things for sure, for sure. And I imagine there's other factors, but I'm glad that people are just, that Bayonetta three is not did not become like Half Life three. Like it, it it did not. Could you imagine if Bayonetta three was like? Like the Half Life three. Of- no, no, Bayonetta three would have became like Kingdom Hearts three. That's oh. that's the worst. Oh, no, part. That's it could have been Kingdom that's, Hearts. That's, three. That's, that's I wish Kingdom Hearts three didn't exist. That was extremely rude. Yo, who <laughs> hurt you? Uh, chill, chill. I mean, listen, we M- Ricky Rat hurt him. <laughs> listen, I saw the prices. I, just because I can't gift you the games, I, you're I saw upset. the prices of the games on Epic Games, and I was just like eighty dollars for. I guess it was Kingdom Hearts one and two. Is that a one or one? I don't. I don't actually know. Two point five. No, no. It's Kingdom Hearts one point two five HC Mix PC Edition on Epic Game Store exclusive. Come oh on, it rolls right off the God. tongue. I keep up, packet. 
<laughs> it's so simple. I, I, I'm so sad that I Christian couldn't spend like a uh, hundred and eight twenty sixty dollars. Like, like on why? Literally, it's like okay, this is just a ticket to Disney World, and you'd have more fun. Um, that's probably true. Uh, <laughs> I live in Orlando. Let's. Mm, that's true. <laughs> Fair enough. Listen, if, if you, everyone always talks shit about America, which fine. But if you want like a prime example of why fuck Europe, go to Disney World in the middle of the summer. <laughs> you, you don't want to spend $180 to like burn to death. That's not a thing that you find entertaining. No, because Germans always have like the wide strollers. We're instead of their kids back to back, it's like a fucking hammerhead shark of like European babies. I feel like we're getting a slice of like Christian's like childhood like trauma here. Like it's just like I didn't realize you were in listen, Florida. I am so sorry. <laughs> listen, I had a turkey leg, and this European person bumped into me with their huge ass stroller, and it fell on the floor. And it was like a five dollar turkey leg, and I didn't oh, get to eat it. That's so tragic. ever since that then, tragic. that is why. <laughs> that, that is tragic. <laughs> uh, we are going off the rails with this. What else happened here? Oh, okay, Splatoon three. Let's bring it back to Splatoon. <laughs> I know. I, okay, so, okay, Splatoon is a weird thing for me because Splatoon was one of the first games I bought after I bought. But the first game I bought on the Switch was Breath of the Wild, and then I bought Splatoon. Uh, Splatoon two, to be specific. And it was a really great introduction into Nintendo's online oh services, God. right? <laughs> I, I was just like, I'm gonna really get it. I'm gonna really get into this colorful. I love Overwatch. I, I love my colorful shooters you know i i, I want to really get into it then i played it for an hour i was like this, this i am not enjoying this 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 actually sucks uh i mean it, it does it, it sucks in the way that i i don't think the game is like bad i just don't vibe with like how the game is played as a thing and like are you talking specifically just like moment to moment gameplay or like this. In the moment to moment gameplay is fun. Like it's 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 like it's a lot of stuff is happening. It's colorful. The gameplay is very dynamic. But like I I just like I I just don't get like any sort of maybe it's just maybe it's just weird netcode issues with that game. The game has like peer to peer netcode and it's very weird. It's, yeah, no, you're right. I I it just feels weird. I I I'm not like aesthetically. I'm very much like I, I can see the aesthetics like strong aesthetic attraction like i just don't get into the gameplay a lot like it's fun moment to moment but like i cannot see myself like playing it like continuously like i just don't i never just got it i was just sort of yeah whatever platoon is one of those things where like it would be (laughs) much more fun on a different system um what kind of like you mentioned yeah i think it's interesting point because one of the things, the first thing that you get in Splatoon 2 is, like, do you want to use, like, the, I guess, like, the tilt controls, the motion? I was like, no, I'm I'm a PC-ass FPS gamer. Why the fuck would I? And what in God's name is this? Like, what? first of all, how dare you? Second of all, like, what is this? <laughs> I, I, like, I have heard from people over the years, I've mentioned this to people, people are like, you should, you should have really tried the, the tilt controls, and that's actually how I play the game and how I prefer to play the game. I was just like, I mean, I respect your choices, but I, that's not it. That's not that's not it for me. I'm sorry. Like, no disrespect, but... The thing <laughs> with Splatoon, it's, not... it's, it's one of those things where, like, everything built around it is an absolute... It's, like, so exhausting. Like, you log in, and then it's, like, two hours of announcements about the maps. Yeah, that, I, I was just, like... Yeah, they're, they're, you log in, and you get, like, a whole-ass, like, like a, a video you get a skit you get a video unskippable yes yep and then it's like there no you can't really i don't remember if they ever added it i'm pretty sure they didn't like you can't swap loadouts it feels like you disconnect every third match 
Um, the inner, yeah, like the the wireless is just horrible. The rubber banding is really bad. Um, I I only ever enjoy really truly enjoy myself playing these games as um, single player campaigns. Those are fun. That's it. Yeah, I, I can see that. This, yeah. It's blaspheme for a lot of people. I would say most, but if I could just get a Splatoon game that doesn't have any multiplayer, just like a fifteen to twenty hour campaign, I would instantly buy that. But if if they don't fix some of this stuff, I'm not. I'm probably not going to grab this. I'll just watch someone play it. Yeah, for sure. I like. I, I think one of the big things was the peer to peer net code was weird. Like I would see like people lagging so hard. Uh, it's just it was just not a great multiplayer experience. Uh, and after coming from shoot like online shooters like that have really good net code, like I mean. Uh, Overwatch is an easy example for me because I've played it for like a way too long. Well, here's an explanation as to why Splatoon's online is bad. Because I'm, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, man, but I'm pretty sure the Animal Crossing team also did Splatoon, right? Or is it is, oh is that same studio? God, of course, Jesus Christ! <laughs> what you don't you don't feel like the online there is good and easy to use? I have nightmares of trying to get into people's islands in Animal Crossing, like literally trying to get. To just sell my fucking turnips, bro. I got, got. <laughs> See, <laughs> we all joke about Game Pass coming to Switch, but honestly, I do not know why Microsoft has just not said, please, Nintendo, play Fab Azure. We just let us do it, well, right? You know, like, you know Mo- when Cap- one of Capcom's stipulations, apparently, for m- making a Monster Hunter game on the Switch, like Rise, they were like, we want to make adjustments to the online. So Nintendo's online got an improvement after Rise came out because Capcom went back there and like dusted off some of the cobwebs. So um, you know, I could see Microsoft doing the oh same thing. Fuck that Nintendo Capcom, an actual hero here. <laughs> no, like, Capcom's uh, also the reason that the Switch has more RAM. This Capcom told Nintendo they will not put any like Monster Hunter, any res- um, RE Engine games oh on the Switch God. with the amount of RAM they're going to ship with. It has four gigs. I think it was originally going to ship with two. Oh, my God. What's that meme of that military guy that's, like, holding his arms up over a sleeping kid? And they're, like, getting, like, shot from behind and stuff? <laughs> oh, that. Yes. But it's, like, Capcom. And it's, like, Nintendo's horrible RAM decisions and terrible online uh, setup. <laughs> and us, the gamers. So, Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, speaking of Monster Hunter, uh, Monster Hunter Rise is getting an expansion that I think that was announced as well. Like, uh... Sunbreak, I believe, uh, is what it's called. I know Monster Hunter is another one of those series where I can't get into it. I I, I, I played the the latest one on PC. Which what is it called? It's called World Monster World. World. Yes, I, I I bought it. I think it was on it was on like during a Steam sale. So I was like, you know what? Sure, I'll give it a shot. I I don't I don't know if it's just me, but the sort of the, the movement and the combat felt heavy without any impact it felt it, it it really is right like i it felt like i was like molasses like the combat felt very deliberate i mean the combat is supposed to be very deliberate i get that but it felt like clunky a little bit like i, I don't know maybe maybe that's like not me I'm not, i've never been into monster hunter i know as a teenager all my friends played monster hunter on the psp a lot i was just like i'm just gonna play I'm just gonna play Gundam instead. Thank you very much. <laughs> Freedom uh, to gang but, <laughs> but yeah, it's like I'm I'm not like I was never in I know people are really, really into Monster Hunter. Like Monster Hunter is like an entire world of things. Like it's it's a franchise that has existed for a long time now. And it's like people who are really into Monster Hunter are really into Monster Hunter. I mean, I think uh, Sunbreak I'm excited. 
Um, my issue is that I'll put like 80 hours into a Monster Hunter game and then not like play the DLC and stuff because I'll be burnt out at that point. This coming in this coming in summer of 2022 might help, and if they make some big changes, that might help. Regardless, and we already kind of touched on it, but the fact that this game runs the way it does on the Switch is like a miracle. It feels like Capcom understands the system better than the people who made it. Even like the like even online setting up online and stuff is easy in comparison to other stuff. Um, their system you, like you don't have to have friend codes really. There's like you can create rooms and things like that, and yeah, it's really smooth. And I played online a lot as a result. Um, so you know more of that. I'm happy. I know you mentioned like the combat feels really slow and stuff. <clears throat> I would argue that Rise is like the fastest it's ever been without a shadow of a doubt um the wire bug and stuff like that really like adjusts the pacing um and it makes it's actually it's funny some people were like it feels like the hunter is too strong in this because you just zip around and like murder these monsters in like three minutes or less um so i'm not gonna be like buy this one this is the one that'll convince you because it might not but if it ever goes on sale, Rise has a demo though. You, oh, you can get the Rise demo. Yeah, no, no, that's yeah just download a demo yeah, and just, try it out, right? Yeah, yeah. sure. Pick insect. Taking ten hours really on your Switch Wi-Fi, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, Chocobo GP is. Wait, before wait, no, no. Before we talk about racing, just real quick, it's very funny that we went with Monster Hunter DLC that performs well and looked real nice to immediately Hyrule Warriors DLC, which, oh, hey, I'm right. happy that they went ahead and showed the game as is running at 10 FPS. Oh, my God. Okay, <laughs> I, okay, I, no, no disrespect to anybody who enjoys playing video games only on Nintendo consoles. But all disrespect meant. <laughs> by God. But by God, every time I look at the Hyrule Warriors game, I'm just like, this is, how how is this a game that ships and is something you pay for? Like, I, I'm okay. Look, I'm a little like I play on PC, so I, like, PC like primarily. So I, I, frame rate has always been a thing that I like notice very like like I know some people don't really notice that as much as I, I'm spoiled man. as much as other people do. I know some people really just like 30 FPS, sign me up, whatever. Like they don't really notice that. For but for me, when I when I when I see Hyrule Warriors, I just see like I'm just like. This is this is really rough. Like this is this game is barely running on this console. Like it's it's really. Listen, listen. You have to get good. All right. Part of the challenge is fighting the frame rate. That's built into the difficulty in the game. You fucking scrub. Dark Souls frame rate edition. Yes, of course. I mean, Dark Souls had real bad frame pacing. Like jokes aside, Dark Souls did not keep consistent frame times. Like Bloodborne actually doesn't do that, which is why no. Bloodborne's a bad game. It doesn't oh, run at a stable thirty FPS. Christian. It has random millisecond spikes in it. It is every time I watch a video of it. I'm like, this game is choppy. I don't care how good the combat <laughs> is. It is a choppy game. It's choppy, but I think Bloodborne, people who, like, people who are into Bloodborne, I think you can't really... Bloodborne is a cult. Like, Bloodborne, <laughs> if you, if, it's like the cult of Bloodborne, and there's the cult of, like, Dark Souls. Like, Bloodborne is a special... Christian said, anyone can get it. I don't care. <laughs> I'll fight you. I'll fight your dog. I'll yeah, fight literally. Myself. He's just like, <laughs> there's going to be like one person listening to this who's like a big Bloodborne fan. <laughs> Actually, unsubscribe from this podcast right now. God, God have mercy. Uh, it's weird because does wasn't the original Hyrule Warriors that like ran well on the Switch, didn't it? What changed? 
Or did it not? It was, wasn't it the Wii U port? No, it was the port of the Wii U game, wasn't it? Uh, okay. The so original it natural, one? Yeah, so it was just naturally more able to is it Hyrule Warriors based on, like, the Breath of the Wild engine? Like, no, no, or... it's based off the Warriors engine. Oh, it's based on the Warriors engine. Okay. it's that's That's so weird. But yeah, you know, I played like Persona 5 Strikers on my uh, PS5 at like 60 FPS, like God intended. Um, so they can make it happen. They just can't make it happen on this aging, uh, rickety software. Yeah, I mean, this it's it's impressive to me. Like some games even run like some of the uh, like the Doom games, like the Doom Doom Eternal or Doom uh, Doom 2016, like run on the Switch. I'm just like amazed by the optimization effort there. Like it's just impressive. Which is the, what is the studio that does these ports? Uh, oh, I forget their panic name. button. Yes, that's yeah, I yeah. They they are amazing. Like they, they do magic on. Well, this, let's like, be real. The Doom Eternal on the Switch it runs, but and this is no fault panic button. It's a soupy mess. Like I think I like think once again, my everyone can always say I'm not a real gamer, but I beat Doom 2016 on hard mode on the Switch. So go fuck yourself. Right? Like, <laughs> that's what I tell them. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to the salty splatoon. How tough are you? With Joy Cons, <laughs> not jo- even with the Pro controller. With with Joy Cons too. That's that's actually the more impressive part to me because bad graphics are one thing, but the Joy Con is. Uh... Don't get me started. Yeah, like <laughs> literally, it's like I don't even. Mm, it. This is why it, you reminded me that I need to go get a Hori split pad after. Uh, after right, right. Because it's just like <laughs> yeah. it's like it's. I'm I, I'm not buying a third pair. You're you've completely like butchered the one half of the thing that's supposed to be interesting about the Switch. Playing in handheld is impossible. It's just uh, <laughs> it's so frustrating. Yeah, it's 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 after coming from the P- after coming from the PSP. I I I am um or the 3DS. What happened to these people's build qualities? Oh, the 3DS. Like Nintendo knows. Nintendo knows how to make portable console so it's just kind of a you used to be able to throw a gba down the stairs hardwood pick it up and keep it pushing that's not possible anymore and it, it upsets me <laughs> no this the switch the switch is not so we have some racing news uh i guess uh mario kart has a new racer uh we got a final fantasy final fantasy character uh the chocobo uh a Final Fantasy character, like the Chocobo, is not the most iconic thing in Final Fantasy. Just a character. Uh, I'll, I'll take this one because when I like when this showed up on my screen, I was just like, "What?" You know, like it, the, I think the original came out in like two thousand, and it was a banger. But it was one of those things where it's just like, I don't. I bet Square Enix will just never touch this again. There's no reason. But my my guess is that. Square Enix saw that Nintendo went like their fourth or fifth year without releasing a new Mario Kart, and they was like, "Okay, I th- we think there's officially room. We gotta, we gotta break the vault. We gotta break the glass and get get Chocobo GP." I went. I was like, I'd never realized. I was like, I didn't even know how much I wanted this, and it, this might have been actually other than um, you know Bayonetta Step on Me Three. This is probably the the um announcement that i was most excited for because i was just like and the ff9 is my favorite one and there was like so much rep vivi was in there steiner was in there they were racing in alexandria uh so yeah give it to me now i'm ready and it's at 60 fps take notes um nintendo (laughs) the people who make (laughs) the system (laughs) god even square edix is just fucking clowning on nintendo right now like 
It's, 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 it's bad. It's really bad. But this looks really good. So I'm just glad that there are more racing games that are not Mario Kart. Like I think a portable uh, platforms are like ra- like very good for racing games uh, because they're just like you know you can just it's very like not they don't have to be complicated right they don't have to be graphically intense right they just have like good racing and and I'm, I know Mario Kart is not I'm not saying Mario Kart is bad but like. I would love to have like different kinds of racers for variety for sure. I mean, well, there's cruising. Is it cruising USA or cruising world? The one that just came out. I think it's cruising blast. Cruising blast. Yes. Everyone should buy cruising blast game of the year. Um, outright it, well, it's, it's like, it's a, it's a ridiculous arcade racer, but it's like the good kind of ridiculous arcade racer, right? Yeah. Like, um, what was that? It was like, uh, something trucks on the Wii. That was really good. And they had like the, they made a follow-up where it was like transforming vehicles. I can't remember the name, but um, it was one of those like racers uh, where, yeah, I guess my just having something that isn't Mario Kart would be nice. And the other thing is like I know that 2000 to like 2015 Square Enix would have never even considered making something like this. Um, they were like so high off their own supply and like trying to like make these cinematic experiences and all right that. final fantasy Rele- 15 right yeah right. releasing games exactly. every 15 years but we've hit a point where they're just like we have these iconic ips final fantasy is hasn't been this popular since i would say like the 90s uh we sh- we should like branch out and i i agree with them yeah probably like this that's it's yeah because we can't wait for an ff16 every 10 years all I want is a burnout game on the Switch. Like, let's make it happen. <laughs> There's a Good studio luck. from the original Criterion folks working on Burnout. You know, they're making like a what's what's the genre? What's it called? Or our Burnout or our Midnight Club, bro. Midnight Club. Midnight was... Club's never coming back. <sighs> Take Two is I too know, busy making GTA Five for the I six know. platforms. Not, I know Midnight Stop. Club is like it's it's in the it's in the it's in the like the vault of dead IPs like tribes and like whatever else like it's not gonna happen I'm sad. Uh, how did we get tribes out? The bingo card has been met apparently. Listen, you just reminded me because like it's another dead franchise, so you know. Yeah, yeah, whatever, man. Go play Halo Infinite. I don't fucking care. <laughs> All right, let's 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 get this like let's wrap this up. I need to actually like I'm hungry. I'm, I need to eat lunch. That's that's the thing. So. Animal Crossing. I'm I'm gonna skip Act Racer and Castlevania. I'm sorry. Play by Castlevania. It's good. Act Racer's a bad port. There you go. <laughs> you got that. <laughs> yeah, out of the right. way. Uh, Stan Yuzo Koshiro. Animal Crossing. Apparently, the users that Animal Crossing and Smash Bros are getting their own directs. That's the news, and it's not actually like that. Was so funny. <laughs> that is is that is that announcement for an announce? Yep. Nintendo. Okay, I think that's the most. I okay. So let's like. I guess we should wrap this up. Okay. So. Overall, like how are we feeling about Nintendo stuff going forward? Like, is it like I, we didn't see anything about Breath of the Wild too? I, I, I would imagine we will not see. Oh no, we got our news for the year. See you in twenty twenty three. That was it. That's all you got. Like this year for sure. <laughs> no, Breath of the Wild two is going to be a launch game for the next Nintendo console. I agree. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I really think it should. And that's 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 I, I think that's that's why we wrap up. Uh, Mint, uh, since you're the guest, you can plug your, uh, I guess, website, Patreon, whatever it is. So, so where do we people, where do people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Mint Makes Things, where I, 
uh, and probably just retweeting Bayonetta fan art. Actually, my current arc is like coming to grips with the fact that I'm enjoying Death Stranding. So if you want to see me have like a breakdown in real time, um, feel free to follow me there. <laughs> it's, it's very funny. I've been, I've been seeing this. It's been, listen, and I'm ready for the plot to just like, um, <laughs> it is going to get very weird. Yes. Yeah. I'm waiting for like Kojima is Lucy. Death Stranding is the ball. Uh, and I'm Charlie. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the rest of, you can find all my stuff at mints.studio. Um, yeah, I got my 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 links, my hot mixtapes, uh, the place where you can give me money, which would be great because I just uh, quit my terrible job. Um, oh, you did? Oh, yeah, oh you did? I, I did. I, I, oh, yeah, oh, no, no, okay. I mean, that, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know that feeling of, <laughs> uh, of of leaving a terrible job. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's 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 a mood. So, uh, as always. I, it's, you can find me. Uh, everything is at sonicsafe.com. All the links are there. It's a nice website. Please go look at it. Uh, you can find me on social media at packetcat at 10forward.social. Uh, the Overwatch League season just wrapped up. So talk to me about whatever. I am looking for new stuff to spend, uh, too much time on. Uh, uh, that, that's, uh, <laughs> that's it. And Christian, please leave us with the incredible outro about the voice mixing in, in Tales of Arise. Please, please go. So. Tales of Arise has one of the worst mixes I've ever heard in a fucking video game. Not because the acting is bad, but because the mix of it is. So if you play with the English dub, it clips. As in, the voices sound squished, compressed. The audio sounds like it's a, it sounds like a podcast. And the thing is, video game audio should not sound like a, a 10 megabyte podcast, right? Yeah. So I'm playing the game. I'm playing the English dub. And all I hear is, I'm like, what the fuck is this mixing? So I was playing the Xbox wire. So I'm like, oh, maybe it's a shit headset. So I put on the AirPods Max and it sounds even worse. I'm This mixer sounds so bad. It's clipping. You literally hear clipping in the game. The the audio, it sounds like there's weird EQ on it. I don't know what's going on with this mix. It is genuinely bad. So it's it's just like a logic album. Poorly mixed, bad <laughs> vocal lines. And it's like it's maybe maybe someone did say, who can relate? And I just didn't hear it because of the bad mix. I don't know. It just sounds terrible. I feel bad for the voice actors there. They all sound like they're using Blue Yeti microphones. That's how bad it sounds. I, 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 one anecdote, I, one thing I heard about Yakuza 0, actually. Yakuza 0, uh, the volume slider acts like a low-pass filter. So, Oh my god, I've been playing it at max volume. Because I use the... So if you like, reduce the volume, the audio goes all weird. Like It, <laughs> it's, it sounds like you put a low-pass filter on. As somebody told me that somebody mentioned this on Mastodon. Yes, it's like Yakuza Zero is a fantastic game. I love Yakuza Zero. It's one of the best games I've ever played, to be honest. Yeah, but it has, just has that one weird thing with the audio. I guess it's just an engine thing, maybe. That's like, so where, funny. Where I if didn't you, know if you, that. If you, redu- if you reduce the audio, like the volume slider, it like it it makes the audio weird. So, so that's 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 my anecdote. Yeah, man. When you go rest, switch it to the English dub at like a rest place. Play some of the old cutscenes back, and you'll hear exactly what I'm talking about. Headphones on, you'll hear it. It's so bad. It's especially bad because it's like they never shut up, especially like in combat. They be they be saying their moves like eight hundred times. <laughs> yeah, they don't, like I what I from what I saw of the uh, from the video footage of I saw Tales of Arise, it's 
very a lot of lot of vocal vocal long lines being said. So, mm-hmm. uh, I would mm-hmm. imagine that's not great. So let's, not that's that's that's. Well, wait, I gotta tell him where I gotta find him at. Find me at. For where, where's Christian? My Christian. links. Yeah, my Christian. links. I, see, I don't I don't want to like Christian. You already said some stuff like Bloodborne is bad or whatever. Like people are gonna come. <laughs> no, okay, okay. So listen, <laughs> listen. You can find me online at chose to find dot website. Chose to find at twitter.xyz. Chose to find on Twitter. You can find me what just yelling about Tales of Arise and ending oppression there. Y'all have a great day. <laughs> All right, that is episode 168. Goodbye. <laughs>